All right, welcome to the Team Building Show for Canadians. I'm your host, Andy McKay, and uh, here at the Team Building Show, it's our mission to create high-level conversations and give you actionable concepts for you to grow, to go and implement in your real estate business right away. And uh, before we get going into the uh, interview here, we've got a great guest standing by, Mike Johnson. But before we get to him, we uh, just want to remind you to go over to our website, uh, Team Building Show. Uh, if it's not up or it's uh, not working yet, it's because uh, we haven't officially launched the site yet, but it's coming if you're watching this on uh, on Facebook or YouTube. If you're listening, it's probably up. And uh, if you go over to the site, you'll be able to, to uh, subscribe to our list so you don't miss an episode, hear about some other fun things that we're up to, and access to all the other content as we uh, roll out and as we grow. Uh, also, go over, like our Facebook page. That way, you can also see the episodes as they come up. Uh, subscribe on YouTube or iTunes and wherever you are watching or listening, and uh, you won't miss a beat here. So uh, today we've got Mike Johnson. Welcome to the show, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me. So Mike's got Mike's got a pretty interesting background in history. Uh, me and him work uh, together with uh, McKay Reels Network. And um, why don't we start out, Mike? Give a give yourself a, give, give the listeners a bit of a background on where, like, how you got into this industry and what your background is before real estate, maybe. Okay, so yeah, I got into the industry. I would say through another podcast of yours, uh, Breakthrough Real Estate Podcast. So my, I used to work corporate, and my wife would actually listen to it every day on the drive to work. And we were looking to buy another house. You happened to get your real estate license during one of the episodes, um, and I think Rob, your co-host, also had his license. So we called Rob first. Rob didn't pick up the phone. Um, called you second. He picked up the phone, sold us a house um, in flip flops and shorts. That's how I remember it. And I thought you had the coolest job in the world, and started asking you questions about it. Didn't particularly like particularly like what I was doing at the time. So uh, yeah, it was an easy sell for you. I basically dropped everything I was doing and decided to come and work for you. And what were you doing before? What kind of uh, yeah? And then. I worked in the automotive industry, so it was sales and operations for a, a major car manufacturer. So not and not actually selling cars, but uh, yeah, so corporate side of it. And what then, were you going to say? So corporate side yeah. of it, and um, and then so yeah. fast forward, got in the real estate industry. What uh, year was that? That would have been it was September twenty. 17 so pretty much exactly three years ago almost exactly three years yeah exactly so uh you know in that time so what, what's what was the starting uh you know journey like there and how did you grow into uh you know what did your business look like then and what does it look like today yeah so back then i, I started out as a listing agent um that's what you told me to do so i yeah i just started i picked up a phone and just started dialing all day to try and find listings um and in my first year, yeah, I, was, I think I closed 52 or sold 52 that actually closed. Um, majority that I generated came from cold calling. And then obviously a portion of those came from you. Mm-hmm. Then did something similar in year two, but uh, we made a decision together that I wasn't going to work with any more buyers. So I brought on a buyer agent. Um, and then year three, I... Yeah, I guess I, at this point I have a team of five people. 
So essentially we have a, yeah, an expansion team, I guess, within kind of within our hub here in Hamilton. And so over those, uh, those years, how much, so you sold 50 houses the first year. Let's just quickly dive in on that. Cause that's a big number for a lot of people. What's, uh, what was some of the keys to making that happen? Um, at that point, you're strictly selling houses, um, you know, having some of the advantages of being on the team and being a part of, uh, you know, Keller Williams and everything. But what was some of the what were some of the keys uh, for you to sell those houses? And, uh, and, you know, obviously, that's a great year starting out for year one. Yeah. So I think big part of it was accountability. And I got that from your wife, Kate, and then my coach, Marianne Gillespie. Um, and then just having systems in place and very simple systems. Um, so when I joined, Kate told me, you only have five jobs. You have to lead generate, lead follow up, uh, script and role play, go on appointments and negotiate contracts. Um, and the most important of those five jobs are lead generating, um, scripting and following up. So I, I literally just spent all day every day doing that. And you did a lot of, uh, where did your business come from? You, you mentioned it, but it was a lot of, um, you know, your main lead generation activity was cold calling. Yeah, I would, so I would say, I'm guessing, but probably 60% of the business was generated by myself in that first year. And pretty much all of it came from cold calling. Yeah. yeah. With not, uh, honestly, not a whole lot of follow-up. I remember we used to have conversations about that. I, I wasn't big on following up. I, I would sit down for eight hours straight and just cold call. <laughs> so we we won't go too too deep on that. But how did you actually hold yourself accountable? Because you know people can hold you know people accountable all they want, but you still have to show up and do the activities yourself. How was um, how were you able to do that? And like was that fun or how were you able to continually do that every day? Uh, I wouldn't say it was fun, but it was a hell of a lot more fun than what I was doing before in the corporate world. Um, I think a big part of the reason I was able to hold myself accountable because it was because I didn't have anything to fall back on. So I remember when we started on your team, I had, yeah, the goal was to have $20,000 in my account before I started. I think I got to 17 and my quit date hit me. So if I didn't sell houses and sell houses fast, we were going to go to zero and we weren't going to have any money. Um, and then on top of that, I'm a bit of a people pleaser. So you linked me up with Marianne Gillespie and I would say I was even more fearful, more fearful of disappointing her than I was of running out of money. So every single week I would go into a meeting with her and I, I needed to make sure she was happy because I really respected her. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I, I still feel that way about her. Yeah, and you still have her. So you've had her what for three years about, right? Um, yeah, basically since you started. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so a uh, lot of cold calling, a lot of a lot of deals, a lot of listings. So you really honed down the listing side of it, which I think is the, you know, the ultimate uh, leverage piece to this business. Obviously, is getting listings, and that provides opportunity for others to move into your world, which you then. Uh, brought on a buyer's agent in what would have been 2018, 2019 sort of thing. And then, yeah. you know, we were kind of, as a whole, we were kind of uh, kind of just testing out some different things within uh, our team model and everything over that time. And then fasting forward to today, uh, end of 2020, and your team looks like what? Uh, so as of next month, we'll have five people on board. 
So I have five. Um, let's kind of go over the expansion model there quickly so uh, people kind of understand it. It's five salespeople, and that's including yeah. you? Uh, so as of right now, yeah, five including me, and then should be 15 to 30 days. We're going to add another one. Awesome. And, uh, and so basically you're, you're uh, running a sales team. We have our kind of backend hu uh, hub systems and everything within our team. And, and you're kind of leveraging our administration and, and backend systems to run your sales team and, and grow that. And, and you're, um, you know, the same way as you would run an expansion team, I guess, in, in a different city, you just happen to be locally here in Hamilton where our, our hub is. Mm. And, um, What's the production been like this year for you? Uh, I, it's kind of been a, a growth year and a kind of changing of the model as you go, but what's been the production and what's that look like? Yeah, so we, uh, when did we start this? Maybe three months ago. Um, yeah, so last month was our biggest month yet. We did about 180,000 gross commission. Month before that, we were at, we were around one. 50 and then month before that was a little light. Um, we would have been at a hundred. So what's your goals? Uh, what's your goals look like? Or what's your, yeah, what's your, my, my, in the next, what, what's your next year look like? Do you think in the next year, what kind of uh, numbers do you think you'll, you'll uh, be producing with your group? So my, my goal, my goal, I guess I would say is derived from the goals of the people on my team. Um, as a baseline, I want them all to be doing at least 20 deals a year. Um, and yeah, obviously I want to add to the number of people. So I would like to bring on a couple more people. I, I want to, I know in our past, we, like our, our team was very representative of the 80-20 principle. And I think to a certain degree, real estate's always going to be that way. But I, I really want to avoid feast or famine within my group. And I want to see everyone succeed at a high level that for the first time we're just starting to see that i find and it's very rare where we see someone sell nothing in a month um yeah so my goals for 2021 150 transactions not including my own which will be million five give or take in uh in commissions uh, yeah, be something like that. So of that, how many deals, uh, uh, are you doing yourself now? Cause I know earlier this year, you were of course uh, pretty heavily in production. Has that gone down a little bit now recently? Uh, so still in production. So like I, my goal is to generate between 40 and 50 a year. Um, I do, I want to give most of those away though. I, I don't have too much interest in selling houses myself. My preference would be to generate the business and use those leads or those listings as rewards for people on my team that are operating at the highest level and consistently hitting their goals. And generating, when you say generate, how does that look? What, what are you doing to do that? Uh, so I have a database that I've been building over the course of the last few years. And I'm still following up with those people on a regular basis. At this point, probably have 1,500 people in my, in my database. and. We have the support of the ISA team. I do a lot of my own follow-up because I love it. Um, and when I generate a lead, I'll use that lead as an opportunity to take one of the guys on my team out and coach them and show them how I take listings myself. Um, and then I, I will pass that listing along to them so they can run with it. 
So you're kind of teaming up a little bit in some of these situations, helping them, uh, you know, in the moment. Um, are you doing a lot of the conversations there when you're taking someone else on that, like a listing appointment, or are they doing all that? So in the beginning, yes, I do all the talking. Um, and I find I'll do that for the first few appointments. We, we script and role play three times a week. Um, so once someone's been on the team for a few months, their ability to have those conversations is pretty strong. Um, so after I do a few of those appointments myself with them just sitting and listening, um, we'll, we'll switch roles. They'll do all the talking. I'll just sit and observe and see how they do. So you're kind of showing them the path. They're going to see you in the moment, kind of how you're acting in front of people, not just, not just uh, practicing, but real life. And then, and then you're going to kind of slowly let them take over and then let them run with it. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Yeah, for sure. It's interesting because it, it makes, it holds me accountable and uh, puts me in a mindset where I have one of my guys on that appointment with me. I need to be operating at a high level and there's a lot of pressure on me to close these appointments because I'm telling them on a daily basis, use my listing presentation, you'll close at 80%. That's what I do. It's very important that when I go out with one of these guys, I, I actually do what I say I'm doing. So uh, you put it, you said a number there, 80%. Is that still like, is that your personal, um, basically your stats around uh, listing appointments and how, how many of them you actually uh, sign? And, and also is that like, are those cold generally or are those warm? Or are they kind of a mix? Because it's a pretty high number, 80%, I would, I would suggest for, from what mm. I see most people doing. Yeah, so that's, so with a properly qualified appointment where the person is truly selling in the next say three to six months. Um, yeah, I've been able to close at 80%. Um, and yeah, I've probably, I would say I've been able to do that for the past two years or so. I definitely wasn't able to do that in the beginning. Um, that's, yeah, that's where I want everyone to be on my team. If, if they're not able to do their listing presentation as high level as I am, um, what's the point in giving the leads away? So you said you do a lot of scripting and stuff weekly. You said three times a week. Um, what other stuff, like what's your week to week look like with the team? Uh, not, we'll maybe get into your personal schedule a little bit too, but what is your, your team wide? What are the meetings and uh, like, what does that look like uh, week to week or month to month? Yeah. So we like to connect at least once every single day. I think it's even more important now with COVID where we may not see each other every single day. Um, so every morning at 8 AM, we all hop on a call. Uh, we start with morning gratitude, what we're all thankful for. Um, we give a win from yesterday and then our goal for today. And then... You do that every week. morning? Every single morning, five days a week? Uh, five days a week, yeah. What time do you do that at? Uh, 8 a.m. And if are they... Do they have to be on the call? Do they? Is it optional? What's what's the kind of uh, on those? They don't have to be on that call, but... Uh, Highly suggest. Yes. Highly suggested. I mean, we have an incentive program in place that will run over the course of the year. And part of someone's ability to qualify for that incentive program is showing up to it's 80% of those calls over the course of the year. Okay. So you're tracking some participation there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you do those every morning, 8 a.m. What else do you do? Yeah. And then we do one-on-one -on -one calls every Tuesday. I have half an hour block for each of them. 
Um, we do scripting call on Monday, scripting call on Friday, and another scripting call on Thursday. And then we do, yeah, I think it's important to get to know these people on a personal level also. So we always try and throw in one kind of fun event per month, especially if we've had a good month. Like last month, we, we all went out to dinner. Um, did that the month before. We find the more, uh, the more you try and cultivate a family environment, the more buy-in you get from people. I'm just seeing now, I got a, I'm away on vacation this week, but I saw a calendar invite come from one of the guys on our team, and he's now setting up the dinner. We're going over to his house next, next week at some point for a barbecue with him and his family. Okay. Nice. Um, how, how, what is the buy-in on those meetings and those week-to-week? -week? Like, is that a, something that's, you know, easy to get people to attend all the time? Do you have any struggles around that? No, it's tough, but like, sometimes people don't want to show up. Up and everyone's different. I know for me, when I join this team, I would show up to everything, and I have guys like that that will show up to absolutely everything, and then. Some people who show some resistance towards it, but there's always going to come a point in time where someone has a challenge in their business and they want my help um, or the help of someone else on the team. And if if they're not showing up to say scripting calls those morning meetings, um, and they come to me with an issue they're having, that's my opportunity to remind them. So I'll give you an example. I was we had a scripting call maybe a month ago, and one of the guys on our team during the scripting call, which he was not on, texted me and asked, is it okay if I sign this listing at 1.75%? Um, so it's, how about you come on the scripting call right now and we can talk about that. But no, it's not okay. <laughs> no. How important, I, I know the answer, but for listeners and watchers, how, how important is that scripting like to, to do that daily or all, you know three times a week at least as a group and and do they do that individually like on their own time as well or is that all they're doing for scripting uh so the top people do i know i do um but do they all do that no um i think it's very important like if you I compare it to say a pro sports team they're not just going to show up for the game without ever practicing yeah um this is your your practice so um, let's talk about some of the keys there to, to running that group and having them be successful. Cause um, you know, you've, you've, that sales team has built up pretty fast. Uh, what's been the key to maybe kind of attracting and, and retaining people in your group and helping them grow? What, what are some of the ups and downs with all that? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing, and this is hard because when you're a salesperson, you're trying to sell at a very high level, you, you're kind of selfish. Like I, you know, I always had a selfish mindset. Like, where's the next deal? And you just want to pump as many through your pipeline as possible. And you're always thinking about yourself. So it's a big shift when you go from thinking about yourself to putting others ahead of you. Um, I think for me, it's very running a sales team. It's very similar to listing houses. Um, you always have to make it about the other person not about you so when i'm on a listing appointment that's digging into their motivation figuring out why they're looking to do what they're looking to do asking them how it's going to benefit their lives um and it's the same thing 
I think you really need to dig deep with the people on your team, figure out what they're looking to accomplish, more important than that, why they're looking to accomplish it. Um, and, come at, and then they come up with a goal for themselves based on where they want their life to go. So from there, I think my job is to help them get there and hold them highly accountable um, to doing what they say they're going to do. So there's, there's some pretty, I guess, insightful things. There. I think those are a lot of key pieces that most, uh, you know, people leading sales teams or teams in general kind of miss out on is diving deep on, on that and making it about them, right. And not about you. It's always, you know, gotta be about them. And, and, and every conversation pretty much that you're having in those one-on-ones, I'm sure you're having a lot of, um, you know, it's all about them kind of conversations, right. Where did you, uh, you know, where you, how did you develop that, I guess? And, uh, was that something you got through coaching, through being a part of our team or Keller Williams, or where did you learn to do that? I think a little bit of all of those things, KW coaching, seeing the way you run a team. Um, but a big part of it was through failing and through pure frustration. Is that, like, I'm the type of person I can just put my head down and stick to an activity all day long. Um, and I guess I didn't recognize that everyone's different and, Everyone has different goals. Everyone has different ways of working on a daily basis. And it took me a while to understand that not everyone is the same as me and not everyone's motivated by the same things as me. Um, that was, as soon as I figured that out, that's when things became a lot easier. Um, was that like a one? Was that just, oh my God, I woke up one day and I got it. That makes sense. Or was that slow progression? How did that progress? It took a while. Like in the beginning, it was like I would drive people pretty hard. So you say you want to do X number of deals. This is how many appointments you need to book. This is how many people you need to speak to to book this many appointments. Um, and the goals were they would set their own goal, but I think they were just telling me what they wanted or what they thought I wanted to hear. Um, so through getting to know people and it's the same system I use for when I meet with clients for the first time, it's, it's just that Ford model, um, family, occupation, recreation, dreams. What do you want to do with those four items and build the goals off that? Cause at the end of the day, that's all we care about. Um, and once you truly get to know the person, understand where they're coming from, it's a lot easier to hold them accountable because you can always tie their goals back to their motivation. Right. So when you're having those, so when you're looking at their progress and accountability items, you're, you're not just saying, Hey, do this for the sake of doing it. It's, it's, you know, what are you, what are you missing out on in your life in your family, occupation, recreation, dreams? What are you missing out there by not, you know, putting in that scripting call or, or doing that activity week to week, right? Mm -hmm. Where I think in the beginning, it was selfishly, I, I wanted them to do it for me. Right. I, I wanted them to do it for me so I could make money or I wanted to do it for me because I had a one-on-one -on -one with Marianne or Bo or whoever it may have been. And I didn't want that person to be disappointed in me. Now right, I, yeah, because you I have try you have, not to let my mind even go there. <clears throat> yeah, because you have others, I guess, to answer to in a sense, in, in terms of uh, hitting targets, co co your coach, etc. And 
Yeah, that's that. You're right. That's that's completely. That's about you. They don't really care at the end of the day. No, I mean they might to an extent, but they, you know, it's what's in it for me. Pretty much like everyone else in the world, people are always mm. thinking what's in it for me. And if you're if you're having conversations like that in a way where you're making it about them, then they're gonna respond because it, it makes sense in their mind, and they'll see that you're caring about them too, right? So that also helps with retention, I would assume. Okay, I was just gonna say when I first started. I thought I could just sit there and lead by example um, and everyone follow, but it's the furthest thing from the truth. The only tool I've ever been able to use that is truly motivating people is always focusing on tying it back to their goals and how it's going to benefit their future, their family. It's pretty hard to lead by example during um, you know the pandemic, right, where you're not in the office every day with them. Um, you know, I think that that's definitely a component of it. I think you do a great job of that, you know, is in, in showing up and like, you know, hitting, staying on the phones, making your follow-ups, doing your calls, et cetera. It's a lot harder to do that when you're all at home, um, you know, doing mm -hmm. your own thing and having, having a bit more, I guess, flexibility in terms of uh, where you're working out of. Right. So you've almost, yeah. that's almost a positive, I think for you in, in that sense is you've had to really, really learn that really fast because you had no choice. For sure. <clears throat> what's uh you know what's one of the biggest failures i guess in, in leading your team so far to this point what's been something you look back on and say oh, i really really screwed that part up and how do you learn from it it's probably not getting to know people on a deep enough level um i can think through day to day you'll naturally go one or two levels deep with people and you'll you'll learn a little bit about them um and i think you connect with different people on different levels. So some, you know, you get to know them on a deeper level. But for me, I have to be proactive and make an effort to get to know each and every one of them on a deeper level. So it's, hey, it's your anniversary. How was dinner? Where'd you guys go? Why'd you go there? Um, what was the food like? And then, like, Something like as simple as birthdays, make it special for them. Um, if someone has a birthday, I used to ignore it. I ignore my own birthday. I would ignore everyone else's birthdays. Me too. Um, <laughs> Me too. But <laughs> learn that one too. Yeah. Now, now it's different. We all get together as a group. We go out. We have dinner, um, and we enjoy it together. It's, I think people want to be around people that they know truly care about them, and that's when true loyalty. Um, comes into existence. Like I look with you, you could tell me to run through a brick wall right now and do it. Um, and that's something that was built over time. I've gotten to know your, your family. I know your wife very well. You guys have done a lot to help me. Why would anyone be loyal to me if I haven't built that relationship and done something to change her life to a certain degree? I think um, I, I forget the company. I read about a guy. He, it's a, a huge company. I think they have, you know, probably thousands of uh, staff and, and team members and whatnot. And and the CEO of it, he's talking about how he writes a birthday uh, letter, handwritten letters to every single one of them. And it, mm -hmm. I think he does it. I think he does it like once to start the year, and then they all go through yeah. the year. And it's handwritten, personalized to each person, the whole entire organization. And you know, even from this very very first person interns or whatever, all the way up to upper management and, and everyone gets that. And it's just a little tiny thing, right? But it goes a long way. For sure. Knowing that you're actually caring about them. 
Um, why don't we talk about the expansion model a little bit more? Because I think uh, some people might be interested in that and and that, what that looks like. Um, what's I guess how did, how did we kind of evolve into what you're at with that now? And like, what are some advantages of running that sort of a model? Um, you know, versus going out and doing that on your own or um, just being a, a salesperson, you know, within a team. What are, what are some of the advantages of running that expansion type sales team? So I think for me, a lot of the legwork has been done by by you um, and by people that you've worked with. So something like setting up listing systems or setting up an ISA department or setting up a marketing department, that's nothing I ever have to worry about. Um, I'm in a place now where literally all I have to do are those five activities that we discussed earlier and then lead the guys on my team and get them to do those five activities at a high level. It's very, my world is very simple. It, the, the hard part has been done by you. Um, and I think most, you say it all the time, most salespeople are not good business people. I don't have the desire to set up a Johnson Realty Network. Um, it's just not going to happen. I do have the desire to build a massive life for myself, for my family, um, for the guys on my team. You've provided a vehicle to do that. And big, so you're kind of, so you're kind of taking think, advantage of a platform, essentially, right? That's there to work off. Yeah, and it's very, from a salesperson's perspective or an expansion partner's perspective, it's very low risk, huge opportunity, low risk. Um, something we discussed recently, the margins within this business are phenomenal. There's not a lot of cost that falls on my plate. If there is cost, it's something I've made the choice. Um, to include in my business, like, like coaching, for instance. But I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find any business where the margins are as good as the one I'm running right now. I'd, I'd agree. You're probably going to be, at the end of the year, um, uh, you know, in a full calendar year, you're probably 50%-ish, let's say, margin, at, all said and done. Would that be fair? I think, honestly, I think it'll be better than that. Maybe even higher. Yeah. Like through like team incentives, I have it forecasted at 40 grand coaching 22, um, lead gen five birthdays and events, another 10. So you're looking at 70,000 with the potential to earn over 500. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best deal in the world. Really? And I guess it, it provides you, you know, some rather than going through, you know, I've done it. So it's a lot of work for sure. Going through the team, you know, the back end, building up that, that sort of thing. And I guess you just kind of bypass all that. It allows you to make more money faster, go out, spend more money on maybe investment properties. Um, I know you do a lot of that. So, you know, obviously build wealth in other ways and not have to, you know, spend the ups and downs building out that administration team. Mm. Which is, yeah, I think it's. <laughs> In a lot of ways, it's so easy, but every day when I wake up, I tell myself, do not take this for granted because if the performance isn't there, it can go away just as fast as it came. Um, So it's very important. I think if someone gives you this opportunity that you do treat it very seriously. Um, 
I know at this point in my life, it's the greatest opportunity I've ever had. Um, and I, I want to take full advantage of it and build it as quickly as possible. But I realized that there has to be a give and take and the company as a whole relies on my performance and the performance of my group. And, you know, the kind of traditional expansion model is, is kind of how we have it set up. However, a lot of times it's in other cities um, and different areas. You know, if someone's looking at um, an expansion opportunity uh, like you have, what's what would be some <laughs> there's got to be some cons to it. Like, what are some what are some negatives or, or really good pros to doing that versus running like your own team and building it all up yourself? What's is there anything negative? There's got to be a couple of cons to it. Uh, like it's tough for for me to think of any really, I guess like final decision doesn't stop with me. There are a couple layers of, above me. Um, so if you want ultimate freedom report to absolutely no one, this is probably not for you. Um, but accountability is what makes people successful. And for me, I would never, never change it that's probably the best part of the whole deal. If I was, if I started my own team, I wouldn't have, unless I hired a coach, someone to hold me accountable. Um, where in this environment, I have four or five people to hold me accountable. Right. And there's a, you know, some fun competition within too, I, I would say. And then, um, yeah, accountability for sure. I know you've had that from day one. So that's, you know, you can, I think that's probably a big takeaway from this conversation for most people is the accountability is, is awesome. It can create some amazing wins for your life. Um, if you kind of just, just allow it to be there and don't fight it. Right. You're, you're probably one of the best, um, honestly, one of the best people I know in terms of not like pushing back on things, just kind of, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Let's go do it. And just, just kind of, I guess, giving in, in a sense, almost submitting to the the model or the, the plan, I guess, that's laid out for you. Mm. Um, let's kind of round it out. Then let's talk about, uh, you know, what's next for you, your team, and uh, where you see it going. Um, is, is there is there anything else, like any other type of model to grow, or is it kind of just building up the, the sales team with more people? Um, what, what are the options, I guess, and where do you see it headed for the next, like, you know, few years? Yeah, so I guess the way – one thing I really – respect about you we're in an industry where lots of people have this greener pasture mindset where they can leave and go do it on their own and make they think they can make more money um because they don't have to share any of their commission with the team but you you've always created another opportunity for people that perform at a high level and that opportunity comes up before they even have the opportunity to have that thought so for me i think natural pro progression for a top producing salesperson step one they're going to want more money after they've had a good year or good couple of years they're going to want a higher split then after that they're going to want an opportunity where they can lead people um, and build a business of their own my challenge is finding a way to provide people with that within my world so they don't leave that's something i think about a lot i, I know i have a lot to offer people through scripting my experiences I really try my best to make myself fully available to the guys on my team, but eventually if I don't provide that next opportunity for them, they're going to, they're going to leave. Um, so that's, 
that's my challenge right now. I want to build this as big as possible. I want to do it with the group I have right now because I love every one of those guys to death. Um, my fear is that they'll leave because I haven't grown fast enough or created an opportunity for them. And um, yeah, and so that's, I mean, that'll be probably interesting uh, over the next uh, coming years and stuff is how we kind of evolve with that. Because <clears throat> um, I agree, that probably is a that probably is a challenge at some point. You know, it is for all sales, all sales type, uh, you know, in, industries, sales teams, companies is, is when they're blowing through the roof in terms of their production, they start to look at other opportunities or other greener pastures, right? It's kind of natural. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh and so what is the you know one last thing around the team there what is the value prop for someone joining your team like why would someone actually join your group um, i know some of the stuff falls back maybe on the our, our team overall like on a bigger bigger level with um you know the environment maybe and things like that but what's specific to your team that is uh, advantageous for someone to join i think it's like part of its track record so i think lots of people know my personal performance in selling homes. Um, one thing I'm very grateful for, I, I did it through moving to a city where I knew absolutely no one. So it was important for me to learn the fundamentals. Um, I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find many people that can outscript me. Um, I think it'd be hard to find some, many people that can say close a listing at a higher level than I do. I think you'd be hard pressed to find many people in our city at least that, yeah, so I think it'd be tough to find someone that can close these listings and collect as much commission or close them a high commission rate as I do. Yeah. Um, and people see that and I, I have the ability to teach that. It's not like I know a lot of people and generate referrals through friends and family it literally started with no one in my database other than you <laughs> i think that is advantageous to be honest i think that's a blessing um I, i've kind of had the same uh in in, in coming to hamilton from out of town and, and kind of starting from scratch with very few connections very few uh you know um very few people to hand deals to us or referrals and and so it was it's you really get good at scripting fast too in that sense because you're dealing with people you know cold usually that you don't have any relationship with and you're having to really convince them that you're the right person to work with. Right. So it's, um, you learn a heck of a lot through that uh, as opposed mm -hmm. to just signing up deals with friends and family all the time where probably less of a script is needed. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so if someone wants to be the best scripted agent in the world or in Hamilton or in Southern Ontario, joining your team is probably a good opportunity to, uh, to learn that and, and grow that side of their business. Correct. Yeah, I think the only reason that I'm successful, number one, discipline. Um, number two, scripting. It's everything. There's no reason. So when I first got in the business, I looked at it, I would go, say we're on a listing appointment together. You haven't sold a house for five years. I don't script at all. It's almost like two children going at it. So, Sandy, I want you to sign it at 5%. No, I want four. No, I can't do that. Like an argument between two children where if you have a refined presentation and script you'll never nine times out of ten you won't even get objections so we, we practice objection handles all the time but the reality of my life is that i don't really get objections 
Awesome. Um, <clears throat> a world of no objections is pretty nice. That's, that's like music to a, a real estate salesperson's ears, I'm, I'm sure. Um, and uh, I know you do have, uh, you know, great objection handlers when they do pop up from time to time. Um, I think we'll probably round it out there, Mike. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of, a lot of stuff here. I think scripting is, I think you probably nailed it there at the end is scripting has probably been the number one key to your success. And I think you're just kind of changing the script now with, uh, the people you're leading is it's a, it's a, a lot less of a, you know, here's how you, um, close a listing appointment and a lot more of, Hey, here's how we help you grow your own business with the, you know, the conversations you're having week to week with your people, right? That's a, just a different form of scripting. For sure. <clears throat> Um, how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way for someone to reach out if they want to learn more? Or they want to, you know, do you, do you allow people to jump on those scripting calls you do from time to time? Um, that might be something that people want to take advantage of too. Yeah, so they're totally open. So you can reach out to me at mike at mckayrealtynetwork.com. Um, yeah, if you guys want to come on the scripting calls, we run them three times a week. And yeah, really anyone is welcome. And I, I love scripting. I know we've grown a lot recently, so there are different people now in our world that we can bounce ideas off of. There are a lot of people out there with great scripts. You just have to find them. Yeah. And I, I'd recommend for, uh, you know, someone listening who wants to develop that a little deeper, definitely reach out to Mike and, uh, and join in on some of those calls. I've, I'm going to probably learn quite a bit uh, from what he does. Um, thanks so much, Mike, for sharing everything today. And I uh, really appreciate, appreciate you coming on the show. Um, sharing your story and uh, hopefully it brought some value to to everyone out there uh, who wants to do something similar. Um, I think you know the coolest thing is you've done all this in three years, so um, it, it's exciting to see what's uh, what's happened there. And you pretty much what ten x your income, I guess, so roughly in uh, in three years. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so if you can figure out how to do that again, or if we can help you know figure out how to do that together, that'll be pretty cool to see. That'll be a that'd be a heck of a, a sales uh, business that you're running. So uh, congrats on the success. And, um, you know, if people want to reach out to Mike, of course, go do it. Um, again, check out our website if you want to learn more. Um, uh, teambuildingshow.ca. Like the Facebook page. Subscribe on iTunes. All that sort of stuff. And if anyone wants to reach out to me and connect further, you can do that. Sandy at mckayrealtynetwork.com. Um, thanks for tuning in. And we will see everyone next time.